happy to be again in the gathering of the saints of God. And, you know, it's amazing what's been happening. We've been going through this series, through this series, Discipleship 101. And when you think about discipleship, um, God is always that way. He's always reaching out, trying to draw us closer to himself. And he used methods, you know, and he has, he has the recent uh, um, preaching for Pastor Lewis, we heard about meditating on the word. We heard about being hospitable, um, how to uh, show people um, the gospel truly lives in you by the way your testimony. Share it because the way you live will tell people who you truly believe in. And if, which, if who you believe in is truly real, we know that our lives uh, reflect that by the way we live. And believe me, people can see it. They know when you're real and they know when you're phony. So today, we are looking, as a matter of fact, this is going to be very practical today. You know, just like going to Sunday school or going to a class. So those Bibles that are in front of you, you guys will grab one, everybody, everybody, and you're going to open, you're going to open today to the book of Colossians. Um, I don't know what page to give you because mine's not this one. The book of Colossians, chapter 4, right after Galatians, I believe. Okay, there you go. Thank you. See, that's, that's it. That's it. That's how we do it. So, okay, so you guys heard that? What page was it again? Page 427 in your Bibles in front of you. Chapter 4. Is it? Colossians? Oh, he gave you Chronicles. Sorry, guys. He took us to, see, see, see. That's what we're going to talk about today. Listening and... <laughs> It happens, it happens, church. It happens. Colossians chapter four. We're gonna we're gonna be on verses two through six. Today's title message is Sharing Jesus with Words. Sharing Jesus with Words. You know that, that we speak two languages, right? And I'm not talking about English and Spanish or Chinese or whatever. I'm talking about body language and actual talk. Actual words. So, all right. So I'm going to read the overview. Don't mind my glasses. I don't know if you could read them. I'm realizing that the older I get, the more or less I can see from close. I can see far. From close, everything moves. So here we go. Yes. <laughs> all right. So here we go. The overview. The gospel is communicated through words. This may be hard to believe considering how often a certain quote is thrown around. Our lives can reveal whether or not we believe the gospel is true. It can hinder or help an outsider see the, valid, the validity of the gospel. But it is absolutely necessary that words be shared for the gospel to go forward. When someone believes in the gospel, the Holy Spirit can set them free. But the question is, do we share? Do we believe that people want to, need to hear the gospel? Do we believe that we need to share it? Do you believe that Jesus can use you to bring real life to another person? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit will take, take control of my spirit and the words that come out of my mouth. And let the church here today receive another word of instruction that is going to help them learn to come into your presence every single day. They will learn to walk in your presence. They will learn to live in your presence if they want to. I pray that your word is heard today and then practiced. And I pray this, Lord God, for you and you alone to get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So here we go. So it starts with prayer. Before you do anything, as Christians, everything started with a prayer, right? 
we came to Jesus, we surrendered our hearts because we heard what? We heard the good news that we were loved even when we didn't love, that we were forgiven even though we did not deserve it, that we are still loved when we make mistakes, that we are still loved when we don't have it all together. And that brought us to a prayer of surrender to the Lord. You guys remember that first that first encounter when you heard the, I'm pretty sure that a lot, a lot of us like me had a bunch of those encounters because I would go to church, mess it up, run out, go and go crazy out there in my, my life, and then you hear it again. And you come back to church and you're like, oh, Lord, I'm sinning. I repent again. And we repent it multiple. And we repent all the time. Right? Because we know that God loves us so much that his love for us, his mercy, and like the song that Jason sang, is bigger than my sin. It's bigger than our mistakes. His love is bigger than anything that we could ever commit. I know a lot of times we, we're like, oh, I messed up, God. I'm not good enough for you. And the last thing you see is the bottom of the shoe turned in the corner. Right? But not our God. He's merciful. He's gracious. And he understands us. But there's something that God wants from each and every one of us that we lack in doing. That is what? Our time. Today you will learn the simplest way to make time for God. Today you will learn how to pray. Prayers that are not boring. Repetitious. And keep you away from wanting to pray. This prayer that you will, this way to pray. A month ago, a month ago, I was I was laying in my room, and Nancy was at work, and I heard real loudly in my ear, 100 days in a secret place. And I, and I said, wait a minute, 100 days in a secret place. And I remember I had a book, a book that said 100 days in a secret place written by an author named Gene Edwards. And this book began to, to um, talk about the simplicity of knowing how to come to God. And because it all starts with prayer, whether you're going to be a witness for Christ, whether you're going to be an example for Christ, everything starts with prayer, then we need to learn how to pray. Right? I've asked people, and I've heard people say, you know, uh, uh, like my brother Ricky here, you know, he's like, He's honest, and he goes, you know, I, I, I heard about these things, but I didn't know what to do. The truth is that we're told to do things sometimes that we don't know how to do. So we make up our own stuff, right? We do. But everything starts with prayer. Paul finds himself by this time in chapter 4, verse, verse 2. He finds himself in a, in a prison in Colossae. Now, we know that Paul was a man who at first was persecuting the church. But then the Lord appeared to him, and he transformed Paul's life. The same way the Lord transformed Paul's life is the same way he wants us to be transformed. His experience is your experience, if you want it. And you will only find it in prayer. So the beautiful thing is that while he's in prison, he, he's, he gives a, a very simple instruction. He says in verse 2, and this is going to be, and that is the first point. It starts with prayer. Everything starts with prayer. If you do not pray before you do something, you might just put your foot in your mouth. That's, that's for us believers. The world is going to do what they do, and we don't judge them. That's not our job. Our job is not to judge them. That's God's job. job. But we're here to grow and encourage one another. So the first thing that Paul says is devote yourself to prayer. Look at that. Same thing that the Lord told me a month ago. Devote yourself 
through prayer and knowing how to um, be in my presence all day long. How many of you would love to know how to live in the presence of the Lord? Or when you're working and your mind is, is, is all, you know, doing your work. How many of you would love to know that you can still experience the presence of God at all times? Right? Right? So it starts with devote yourself to prayer. If I was to say, Fabian, give me a definition for devote, what would you tell me? Careful thought. Who else has another definition for devote? Dedicated. Discipline, constant. All those are correct. Let's look at let's look at the at what uh devote means in the dictionary. The word devote means to give all or a large part of one's time or resources to a person or a cause. Let's look at it now within the context of devote. Paul is telling us, give all or a large part of your time to your Lord. Does that, does that make sense now? Give all or a large part of your time to the Lord. How can you do that for it not to stop? So here's Paul telling us to do something that is so ne necessary to the Christian walk. The word essential is something that is needed, right? Prayer is essential to your walk. You can't go without it because prayer brings you into the presence of God Almighty. And where is the presence of God, you might say? It is right inside you. John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus said, I will come and I will live inside you. How many of you are looking for God right here in this room or in the sky? When he said, why do you look for me so far? When I told you I would never leave you nor forsake you. You will hear my voice. I will not leave you alone as orphans. For I will send the spirit who will show you and teach you everything that I have said, and he will be with you, and what? In you. For a very long time, my prayers, you know, I came to pray, and uh, it was like, this is becoming repetition, right? So boring can become stagnant, right? It might become something that you really don't do, Right? So some of us might even say, I pray and pray and nothing happens. Right? So I don't pray as much at all. Or maybe the only prayer that we know is a foxhole prayer. Lord, I'm in trouble. Get me out of this and I won't do it again. I used to say a lot of those every time I got in trouble and I was going to jail. And I knew I was guilty. But I'm telling God, get me out of this. And he's like, ain't you guilty? Yeah. Ain't you merciful? Yeah, but you, you committed that crime, so do your time. That's the result. You reap what you sow, right? So he was even lenient and didn't always let me get the time I was supposed to really get. So that's what he showed his mercy. So sometimes, sometimes our prayer is just repetitious. And it makes you sleepy every time you want to pray. Right? Or maybe your prayer is just, good morning, Lord. Good night, Lord. Very, you know, just, I give you, Lord, your little two minutes, I'm gone. Right? But what if <coughs> today I teach you a very simple way to pray, the way the Lord has been teaching me for the past month. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the presence of God is real inside you. And anytime you want to come to the secret place that Psalm 90 talks about, Psalm 91, 
He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, he who stays there, will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And you will know for sure that the Lord is with you. I've been sharing this with a Bible study group on Tuesday night. So even though it's called a Bible study, we're actually learning how to pray. And I have given them information, and we've been doing this in a practical way. So let me share what the simple simple way to pray is. <clears throat> okay, first of all, I already told you, right? You must believe that the Lord wants to be more present to you than you want to be with him. Another thing that you must understand and believe is that the kingdom of heaven is within you. God has chosen to indwell you as his tabernacle. The presence of God is always with us here. It's not just here. There is a secret place. We are born again of the spirit, are we not? So we are spiritual. And what did Jesus say that the Father is looking for? I am looking. My Father is looking for worshipers, those who love me in spirit and in truth. And then he said, my word is spirit and my word is truth. I'm going to tell you now how you can take the word of God very practical in a practical way. You guys ready? Because your prayers will never be the same. And the presence of God, when you begin to experience it, you're going to be drawn to it all day long. Even if you're working, you're going to sense the presence of God reminding you that he's there. That he's with you wherever you go. You guys ready? All right, here we go. <clears throat> Paul understood that the spirit of the risen Christ lived in him. And so should we. And when Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is within, within us and he would never leave us or forsake us, that's exactly what he meant. So let's say we get together and I say, let's, let, let, us, let us learn to pray this prayer of simplicity, right? This, we will call this praying the scripture. Why is it praying the scripture? Because the Lord said, my words are spirit and they are truth. We come to God with with our spirit and with his truth. So let's all go to Psalm 23. And I will give you an example of something that you can practice. And I guarantee you that, remember, this is a learning process. It is a learning process. At times your mind will wander, but you will use scripture to bring it back to the presence of the Lord. Psalm 23, a very practical. First find something that is fairly practical, right? Something that is fairly practical like Psalm 23. Read the scripture very slowly. So you take it, you take God's word, right? You set aside a time. Make sure that you understand what set, a, set aside a time is. And don't wait till the end of the day. <laughs> Whatever time you choose to be with God, come with his word. Sit down quietly, gently, and humbly, and open up his word and read it to him who lives inside you. This is where you will begin to learn to pray and to experience the presence of God. First, you must believe when you come before the Lord that you have come into his presence. His presence is here, and it can be felt. And it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and the stronger it gets, the more you practice this daily, you're going to feel like a magnetic pull from the Lord himself into the spirit. And you will automatically, even when you're talking about the Lord, you will sense his spirit like you going into the presence. We say um, we have the presence of God, right? And it's true. But what happens is you end up finding yourself his presence when you come to him to pray this simple prayer, this simple way of praying. So, for example, you will come before the Lord, and this is what you will read to him. The Lord is my shepherd. See how fast we were? That was even too fast. Take your time. Take your time. The Lord, who is the Lord? The Lord is my shepherd. Taken fully. What that means, 
how is the Lord or how do you want the Lord to shepherd you? And what are you asking him to do? So after you read this, you, 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 as you're there thinking about this and taking it in, the Lord is. The Lord has been. The Lord has been doing. All of a sudden, all these things that the Lord has been doing in your life begin to come to your mind. And you're still in the presence of God. You begin to feel that. You begin to sense that peace of God as you begin to think about how he is your shepherd and how you're calling him to guide you. After you have sat quietly before the Lord and taken all that in, now take that very same scripture and turn it into your prayer like this. So this is an example. You read the Lord is my shepherd, right? But now in your spirit, you know that he is, and you begin to take that scripture and turn it to him. Lord, you are my shepherd. I need you to lead me. I need you to guide me. I need you to feed me. Lord, you enjoy having me around you. Lord, I want to be around you. I want to be in your presence. And your heart begins to yearn for God. That type of experience. And guess what happens? As your heart begins to turn toward God in love, guess what happens to God's presence? It begins to flow out of you. And brothers and sisters, I'm telling you that this is real because this is what I've been experiencing for the past month. And that's what the Lord meant. And it's funny because, you know, Pastor Lewis never plans on what he's going to call me at last minute to say, hey, you agree with this preach uh, Sunday, and it happened to do with what God has been teaching me and the people at the Bible study for the past month, telling us, children, I want to, I want to spend time with you, but do you really want to spend time with me? The only time, the only way your prayers will not be repetitious as you, is that you find something fairly practical. You don't have to read the whole psalm. Let me tell you, if you read this psalm in prayer, like I say, you might get through two verses. And your time, you'll sense when it's time to move on. Because once you understand that the Lord is your shepherd, you'll understand the next line. You, I have all that I need. You are everything that I need. With you, I have health. With you, I have my family. With you, I have my job. With you, I have my sanity. With you, everything falls into place. Does this prayer of simplicity make sense to you guys? Because it comes from the Lord, and it's only pointing back to him. See, for a long time, we've made prayer a chore. So we neglect it. Or we don't pray at all. And then we wonder, well, you know, I asked God yesterday, but it's been six months now. But when was the last time you and him prayed? If we come with selfish, selfishness, only when we need something, why should God give it to us? Didn't James say the same thing? You pray for what you, you pray for what you want, but you don't really ask for it, is it there? Right? And you don't get it because you don't really believe that God will do it. So here, as we're learning today, for you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to become a powerful witness for Christ, think about it. Paul was in prison because he found, he found that sharing the gospel was the most important thing, even of being in a prison. He found himself in chains because he wanted to do what God had called him to do. Today, the Lord calls you guys to pray. The church needs to pray. When was the last time you looked at the news or know what's happening in your neighborhood or happening in the world? When was the last time uh, we paid attention to that? When was the last time we, we, we prayed for the people in Ukraine? Knowing that we have brothers and sisters all over the world. 
right? So Paul In verse, in Colossians 1.27, Paul says this, and he says this in the beginning of the letter. He says this, Colossians 1.27 says, For God wanted them, you and me, to know that the riches and glories of Christ were for us Gentiles too. And this is the mystery that has been revealed to every single Christian and every single one of you here today. What is it? Christ lives in you. Stop looking for Christ where he is not. Christ is in your spirit. And that's where he has chosen to dwell. And that's where he expects you to find him. That's where you will find and enjoy his presence, inside you. But like I said, it's up to you. You make that a habit. Until it, come, until it becomes habitual. Don't stop because your mind begins to wander. When your mind begins to wander, read the scripture again. You are Christ's presence. Leave me right now and turn to your spirit and you will sense God's presence in your life. And I'm not telling you something that I'm just making up. I wouldn't be telling you this if it was not a real experience. We grow. We grow to become more like him. But in order for us to share him and be more like him, we have to spend time with him. Right? We can read about him and have an idea of him. But nothing compares in experiencing him. When you experience him, you experience his love. Not only for you, but for the people around you. The gospel becomes more, more real because you're connected to the Savior himself. So, that is beautiful. Christ lives in you. This gives you the assurance of sharing in his glory. That's why. It's not because, of, because we know that we're going to receive new bodies, because we're going to be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. You know, right now, these bodies, they're weak. They, they fall apart. They get sick. You know, we get surgeries. We get, we get pains. We get aches. All kind of stuff happens to these bodies, right? But look at this. This gives you the assurance of sharing in his glory. One day, remember what the Bible says of that time. It says that we will meet the Lord in the clouds. And in the twinkling of an eye, the immortality that is in you, in the spirit of God who is immortal, Immortality shall swallow up our mortality, and in a moment, we shall be changed from the inside out. I'm talking to you guys about an inward spiritual life, the life that is manifested in your earthly outside life. Whatever's happening inside of you is what's going to show. So if you say you love Jesus, it's going to show that you love Jesus because you just can't stop talking or wanting the person that's in front of you to receive the same joy you have. It must be shared. He who has been forgiven much, he loves God much. But he who has been forgiven little, he loves God little. But because we know that we're children of God, and whether you love little or love a lot, the Lord wants to spend the same amount of time with you So here, as Paul sits in jail, you know, here he is. Here he is, and he says, pray. Pray. Pray, because if you sit in this prayer that I'm talking to you about, look at what it says. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Your minds will become alert in the, in the presence of God. And it is there 
It is there that you will hear the Lord speak to you. So, Lord, I always speak clear for me. I don't know about, about you guys, but every time God spoke to me, it was very clear in my head. And it was very loud. And you know why I know that's true? Because Isaiah, Isaiah 30, 21 says, and you will hear behind your ear his voice. You will hear him tell you, go left or go right. So I want you to know that the voice of God is very clear if you want to hear it. Right here, 30, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. That is proof that the Lord speaks to you through the ears. Does that make sense to you? And God speaks to you through people. God speaks to you through people. So this is the point. When we begin to develop an intimate relationship with Jesus who lives in us, we have an alert mind to hear and to do what he is leading us to say. And because you know how close the Lord has always been to you now, right, we will pray with purpose and the right desires that the Lord himself reveal to us. This is what I want. This is what I want you to say. beautiful, right? That the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, wants to be so intimate with you and walk with you wherever you go. But do you want to hear from him? When we receive this anointing from the Holy Spirit, we begin to pray for our leaders, our families, our neighbors, needs, etc. Our prayers are answered because they're not selfish. God puts his will on what you pray for in your heart. You can ask for your needs. Remember, God will answer you. Just connect with him. Those, op those opportunities are made visible through the Lord, and we obey and take them through his leadership. This is what Paul was talking about. So then he says in verse 3, pray for us too. Point number two, look, listen, speak. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. I already told you what that means, Julia. Christ in you. And he says, that's why I am here in chains. Again. Here we see uh, Paul again say, pray. Why is prayer so important? We cannot stress enough to spend time, make time with God. It has to be on purpose. It has to be on purpose, right? Jesus said, Jesus said, many will come in my many will come in my name and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this and didn't we do that? And Jesus said, I don't even know you. Right? Know your Lord. He's calling all of us to an intimate, free-to-reach, experiencing his presence relationship. That's up to you. And Paul here, though he's in chains, he still wants to be preaching the, 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 Bible, the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. He's in chains, but he's saying, pray for us too, that even though I am locked up, that the word, the message of Christ, can still go out and reach people, even if it's by letter. See, because the word of God is not chained up. If you're chained up, the word of God is not. And if we don't do what God has called us to do, he has others that will do it. You guys know that? Elijah went to God and said, Lord, when he ran from uh, Beth, uh, uh, yeah, what was her name? Jezebel, Jezebel. So he ran from Jezebel, right, after um, the 450 prophets of Baal had been put to death. And he ran to a mountain and hid and said, Lord, I am your only prophet. And they killed, they killed 
all of them, and, and I'm the only one left. And the Lord appeared to him. There was a storm. There was a mountain earthquake and everything. And the Lord said, Elijah, what are you doing here? And he said the same thing. Lord, they have killed all your prophets, and, you know, and I'm the only one left. He comes again. He shows displays of himself. And he, Elijah, what are you doing here? And he said the same thing again. I'm the only one. And the Lord all of a sudden got his attention, and he told him, Elijah, I have 7,000 Chaldeans that can take your place who have not bound down their knees to Baal. And when we don't do what God has called us to do, remember, he has other people in mind. And I don't say this in a negative way. This should be exciting. Think about it. You and I have been called to serve the king of the universe. You and I have been called to be his kids. You and I have been given eternal life before we even see it. You and I should find so much excitement in, in getting into knowing this supernatural God who put his breath on our same world. Not only did he put his breath and we breathe and move today, but his spirit lives in us and causes us to follow and hear him. Yes, Lord, talk, forgive me for saying that. You know, because he convicts us when we listen, right? It's not like you got hit with thunder, right? Happens in here, like, oh, why did I do that, right? <laughs> why did I say that? You know, and, uh, but look, look at what he says. He says, pray, pray. Before you, you start telling the good news of people, ask the Lord to reveal that the good news is him. You are the good news. You are the reason why we're saved. You are the reason why we live and move today. You are the, you are the reason why we're, we're even alive to have children, to get married. You are the best thing that happened to human, humanity. Because if you guys remember in the beginning in Genesis, it says, and the Lord God relented that he had made man. Man, relent. He regretted that he made us. But then he found Noah, he found favor with Noah. And because of one man, he repopulated the earth, and you and I stand here. And then more than that, he had a, a great plan to save us. And that was him himself coming back. Ain't that something that here, uh, almost 2,000 years ago, the peop there was human beings that were able to see the co-creator of the universe, the son of God. They couldn't see his, his spirit, but they could see a physical form of him, and they experienced the true love of God through Christ. Christ did not come to condemn. He came to save. We, can, we must be careful, too, that when we share the good news of Jesus Christ, we are not condemning or making people feel guilty. You're going to hell. We don't do that to people. We have no right to do that. Everyone will stand before the Lord. And that's what Paul said next. He said, that's why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message clearly as I should. Clearly, right? Again, pray. Because people have a bad habit of changing the truth of God with, and with prayer, God gives us revelation to always speak the truth. The gospel of Jesus is being perverted, as we know today, right? People want to hear only what makes them feel good. If it, if it gives me goosebumps, it's, oh, that's the Lord. No, it's not. That's your emotion. The presence of God is not an emotion. The presence of God is not goosebumps. The presence of God is a beautiful sense, like an unction rising up. A warmth that comes from within. And then it, it feels like you, you 
you're, you're, you're exhausted. And I tell you because I experienced it. And if you really, really want the presence of God, and when you're talking about him, just enter it. How do you enter the presence of God? With your faith. The same way you believe he's your savior, the same way you believe that he, he forgives you for your sins, believe when you come to prayer that you enter and as you sit there meditating, let that unction come from the Holy Spirit upon you. And the truth of God will come out of your heart. Does that make sense? And point number three. Oh, before that, I forgot. People are watching us. People are watching us. Verse 5 says, <clears throat> live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. People are watching us. How we live, talk, and love, etc. If they see us behaving like the world, then they say, I'm better off living the way I am. Because those people are more messed up than me. Does that make sense? And not only that, they'll say we're delusional. That we believe something because we're weak. We need something to believe. something to believe in. Oh, my gosh. What do you mean that the one I believe in is the one that made you and wants to reveal himself to you? That's foolishness. I'm not going to lie anymore. But even for that, God will save you. And you might not say that to them directly, but in your heart, you're praying for them to do that. Like Jesus did on the cross. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Don't go around judging people and treating them bad. Saying too much, too little. Condemning, judging criticizing them because they don't do what you do. We have a bad habit of doing that. If they don't do what we do, oh, you know, even if they're believers from another church or whatever, oh, you don't do things like I do. You can't be really a servant of the Lord. Who are you or I to judge God's servants? They will, be, they will serve the Lord in the best way and wherever they're at according to them. The Holy Spirit raises up his children. We're encouraged and we grow from these from what from what the word of God is teaching us today. But the first thing you gotta do is pray. I'm serious. Take what I gave you. Take this form of prayer. And your prayers will never be boring again. Because when you come with your repetitious prayers, like, oh, oh Lord, thank you again for this day. We love you and we praise you. Be with my kids, protect them, protect my, my family. Oh, and thank you for the job. And you know, and then you say that prayer, same thing, for a day, for like 10 years. And the prayers will be the same. And adios. But no time is set aside for you to be with the Lord. See, prayer is more about listening than it is about talking. You read, you talk to the Lord. Lord, I devote myself to you. Like the first verse that we read today. Lord, I devote my life to you. Give me an alert mind and help me to be thankful when I receive your revelation. Show me how to do that. You think the Lord doesn't want to do that? He wants to, you to spend time with him. And guess what happens? Because you're seeking him within, when your mind begins to wander, and you say, no, Lord, I want to devote. I want this time to be yours, precious, without distractions. Turn off my phone, turn off TV. Tell everybody, don't call me. I don't even want to hear my phone go, mm, 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 mm. okay? And when your mind wanders, go back to the scripture. Your mind begins to wander. Here am I, Lord. Here am I. And guess what? Your mind is so active seeking the Lord that his presence begins to rise because you're showing an interest to be with him. 
that amazing? That it's a simple voice of prayer? That's just one little method. There'll be times when you just want to say with God, oh, what a day, Lord. And even there, you can use the scripture, Lord, hear my answer. And then you pray, and you can sit there because you're still seeking him with your heart. The presence of God that says, oh, God, I want to sit there with him. Ah, Lord, what a thought. Lord, you've thought of me. You've refilled my longing heart. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul wants to sit with you and drink from you because you give me living waters that flow up from the inside of me. Didn't Jesus say that that's what you get? He told that to the lady in the well. And I will make, and I will make joy, and I will raise the water of life to come from within you, right? And they will, they will burst up from everlasting to everlasting because the joy is already inside you. Come and drink from the water of life and be filled. And don't, don't just take this today as a feel-good message. Don't take it as a feel-good message. Go home and practice it every day. Practice it until you begin to sense the presence of God. And when you think about him, you sense him. And as you're doing your jobs and you think about him, you sense him. That's what Paul calls pray without ceasing. Isn't that beautiful that we can pray without ceasing and be in the presence of God all day long? That's what God has always wanted for his children to enjoy him. Whether it be full of religion, full of feel good, you will make the relationship hard sometimes. And he desires to be more present with you than you want to with him. Won't you try it? Won't you try it? And then share it with your partners. Share it with your friends. When they ask you for prayer, bring your word or open up to a verse and say, come on, let's go into the presence of God and invite them and say, do this. Do this with me, and you will both experience the peace. Isn't that beautiful? God is calling us to prayer that has been ceased. The doors are open. The Father has drawn them. Number three, you are not God. Let him do the work. You know how we want to change people, tell them what to do? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, sometimes I just say one little simple thing to Nancy, and it's hostility. Hostility, right? But I didn't say nothing wrong, but to her, right, to her, she might feel that way. I can't do nothing about if she feels that way, and I'm not even going to try to understand it. Because I know that God also works in her heart, you know. But it's her love. That's the way she expresses herself. That's the way I met her. I, I accept her the way she is, and I let God do the work. All I have to do is still love God in the midst of all of it, right? Like, I'm pretty sure Jesus was like, ay, 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 Jesus out of his mind. What are you arguing about now? Who's going to be the greatest in this kingdom? Why is your mother coming to me telling me, hey, can you have one, this son and this son sitting at your right and left? She goes, that's not for you, too. That's my father's decision. Can you imagine the Lord of heaven and people with these requests? But because we are children of God, you can come to God. And it's like any, any of our children or anything who, 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 you know, they come to you for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? They know that when they come to you and ask you for that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're going to have it for them, right? You're going to give it to them. Oh, see, they aren't see. Right? You're going to give it to them. It's a cup of juice, right? Those kids never think about stashing away a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches thinking that you're not going to have uh, none tomorrow, right? They think you have an endless supply of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? They don't expect you to run out of bread or nothing like that, right? <laughs> Well, God has an endless supply of his love and presence for us. And he's always willing and waiting for us as little children to come in. He will not hold his presence away from you. But let him do the work. 
Let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right responses for everybody. Gracious. Gracious. Show some unmerited favor sometimes and some patience. You know, this is also a practice. It is also a practice, right? And, and, and you know, my wife uh, uh, corrects me a lot, too, sometimes. Sometimes I, I uh, she might say something to me, and I, you know, and she be like, and she gives me that look like, and I know I did something wrong. <laughs> I did something wrong. I put my foot in my mouth. Why did I read it five ways? She didn't say nothing wrong. All she did was, hey, what about this? And then I'd be like, whoa, what about it? I didn't have no time. Whatever, right? That's wrong, right? That's not grace. <laughs> That's that broken that brokenness that we that God is still dealing with. It's called pride, arrogance. It's called being hurtful. So those are things that God. So we have to be careful when we're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ that we're not over here being. You know, right? Be nice. That's the right word. Be nice. And when people don't want to believe or hear what you got to say, don't get mad at them. Well, forget you. No. <laughs> the Lord ain't trying to forget nobody. He's trying to save everybody. Don't, you know, it's just that we've picked up so many bad habits as we're growing up that really our, 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 our talk has to change, you know, our attitudes. But the only way that that's going to happen is where? Prayer in the presence of God. If you do not pray and spend time with God, do not expect to be changed. Because you will only be changed for a few hours today. And if you forget this message today, you will continue to experience your church life the way you're experiencing church life. And it will be stagnant if it's stagnant. Or it will be dull. Or it's not going to be exciting. Because it should be exciting to come to the house of the Lord and to be gathered with people who you might not know fully, but you know they truly love you with real love because the love of Christ is in us. And we don't have to live with each other to know that we love each other. Isn't that beautiful? When our families don't love us, when our friends don't love us, when our neighbors hate us, when our coworkers talk about us, we can come here, take a deep breath. <sighs> where, the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And where two or more are gathered in the Lord's name, he is in their midst. Not only is he here, but he is filling this place with his love. So we're able to love one another, even through our character defects. We all have them. We all have them. We could be... Very crazy sometimes. We might respond really bad to each other sometimes. Maybe. Or maybe we might catch ourselves. Mm. But don't, then don't hold that resentment. Make sure you talk to your brothers and sisters when they offend you. Or anybody that offends you. Don't be afraid to talk to them. Amen. Come in peace. So, again, I'm not going to get tired of saying this. If you guys forget to put this into to practice, will just be little people and you will keep experiencing what you have been experiencing if you are not experiencing or want to um, enjoy the presence of God which is a joy it is enjoyable I'm serious it is enjoyable you know Nancy was asking me she said to me earlier as she we, we were praying together and she goes I said to her she goes so what have you been doing I said I've been praying so you're going to tell me you ain't been watching no TV because I'm a Netflix Prime Video binger, okay? And she couldn't believe it. I said, I haven't been able to watch it because I keep getting drawn back into what I'm truly enjoying. I kid you not. I am being drawn throughout moments of the day when I'm not doing nothing and I would sit there. Okay, I'm only going to watch one episode and... Seven, eight episodes, four, five, six hours have passed, and I keep going to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. The next one starts in one second, you know? Right? 
No, no, God has not, for, for this past month, has not allowed me to find no joy except in his presence. And let me tell you, it is enjoyable. You begin to, to sense it, and it's, it's sweet, it's beautiful, peaceful. And you say, man, I like it this more. Your spirit is being drawn to his center. Jesus Christ himself, who is drawing you to his feet, who wants you to be with him, and he wants to be with you. So, in closing, make sure, make sure, pay attention to this. Make sure you make time with God. Set it, set it, set it aside. Make sure you make time with God. Those who are in important positions, even if you're not, but those who are in, in important positions often are often too busy and tempted to leave God to the last. If you are in an important position, you will not make time. Watch this. You will be tempted to leave time with God for last. Guess what? This is for real. You will never, you will never make time. If you leave him for last, you will never make time. Does that make sense? Be firm in your prayers. This is this, is this week's challenge. <laughs> Guys ready? Not only to pray. This week's challenge is to go on a prayer walk with your husband and wife, or any of your brothers and sisters. Or you can even meet us here on Tuesday, on Tuesday night, and we will pray the scripture. Where you can learn more about praying and experiencing the presence of God. If you have time Tuesday night, 7 p.m., come learn how to pray. Because where people gather to pray, the presence is even more. Come and connect. Don't be a don't be a, a lone ranger Christian. I don't need nobody. I'm, I'm a Christian all by myself. No, it doesn't work. We're a body. We're all connected. So come. Come and pray Pray with us for a few minutes, right? We'll go over it we'll, and, and practicing and being in his presence. And then we'll go take a walk, 30 minutes. And when I say pray, to learn to pray like this, I'm not telling you to be there for an hour. I'm not telling you to be there for 30 minutes. Take 10 minutes. Start with 10 minutes. At first, your mind is going to fight you. It's, you're going to be focused on the Lord in your mind, and your mind is going to take off to the, to the other side of the world. That's where scripture comes in. When you get away from the mind, then your heart begins to yearn with love towards that person. And you use the scripture to keep coming back. Don't fight your mind because then you're going to be frustrated and you're not going to want to pray. Yeah. You'll, 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 it'll beat you up. It'll beat you up. But if you sit quietly and turn your attention toward your, your spirit, it is from there that your mind will be drawn to him. And they will want it because the soul is curious. You invite, your spirit invites the soul into your spirit. And the two come and enjoy what you're talking about. The mind is going to fight. You know, our flesh fights us. But as you humbly depend on the Lord's Spirit to guide you, you will be there. So, just for a few moments. And the most important moment of, of the night is, of the day is, as we all stand up, if there is anybody here who does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ or doesn't even know what a relationship with Jesus Christ is, let me tell you what it's been like for me. From the streets to the sea. From prisons, drug addiction, and now full of love and peace. And the peace continues to grow. From a pit that was so deep that it was not too deep for him to rescue me. Because this is what he said one day. There is no pit too deep that I have not gone deeper still to rescue those whom I love. 
if you are here today, it's because you are loved. Loved more than you can love yourself or anybody could ever love you. The greatest love that was shown to us was, was when the sinless Lamb of God gave it all up for you and me. For what? So that we can just keep standing here? No. So that we could enjoy him. And let me tell you, the Christian walk is exciting. It is adventurous, but it's also dangerous. Okay? Because not everybody wants to hear what you got to say about what is true. The world doesn't want the truth, but we know the truth. And what does the word of God says? And you will know the truth. And the truth will do what? Set you free, right? You are free if indeed Christ lives in you. So if you do not have a relationship with Christ, I invite you to come to the altar, or you can just, from there where you're at, those watching online, invite the Lord into your heart. Let him see your brokenness, because he sees it, but he's waiting for you to give it to him. For even now, the father stands with his arms open towards you. And this is what he says. Faith in Christ is eternal life. Faith in what Jesus did on the cross, like the song that, that, that Jason played, that last song. Thank God that it's not because of something I did. But thank God that it was because of what Jesus did that we, we're going to live for him. And if you're one of those that is, living, is, is looking to live forever, not just to live this life and enjoy what, the blessings of it, but you're looking for that day when Christ will come and you will be transformed and the twinkling of an eye, say amen. Say amen, right? So let me pray. Let me pray. And in your heart, if you want, you're, you're one of those brothers, sisters, kids, whatever it is, youth, that doesn't understand what it is to sit and pray. I hope your parents will take out time to show you and that you will take out time to be that example. And like I said, maybe in the past it was your bad habit of reading, you know, who I read today. But in this way of, in this way of, of using the scripture to pray, you do not read fast. You read, and then you, as you, you, you take that in, give it back to the Lord. Lord, I devote. Paul said that we should devote. Lord, I want to devote myself and my family to prayer, to come into your presence. We will intentionally set aside a time to be with you so that we can become the witness of Jesus Christ that we're supposed to be. And share your faith. And share your faith with your testimony, remember? And also with words. Tell them the gospel. Even if that's what you use for a prayer, look at what the gospel says. For God so loved the world. Why did he have to love it so much and not everybody loves him? Because that's who God is. God is not a man that he should lie. Amen? All right. Let us pray. Abba Father, Master Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, for you are present here today. You have touched hearts. You have touched minds. Today you have taught us a simple way to come into your presence so that we may find joy Experience your peace and your love as we intentionally make time for you. We want to be better witnesses of sharing the good news, the gospel with people to see you transform just as you have transformed us. Now use this word, Lord God, and remind us today that if we don't pray, it is a sin. It is a sin because you have shown us today a simple way to come to you to enjoy you all day long. It grows. It's a learning process. We're so used to doing crazy things and running around like chickens with no heads. 
So today, Lord, you calm us down and you give us your instruction and your love. I pray for my brothers and sisters who are here. I pray for those who are watching, Lord, that you would direct their week, that they would put this into practice, and that they would enjoy every single moment that they set aside to, to, to be with you. Reveal yourself to them. For this comes from you, and it points only back to you. Use it, Father, to transform us and to transform those people that we share you with. We love you and we praise you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And the church of God says, amen. Praise God.